glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the womb wide ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Oh, they tackle him at the point of Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, proud member of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can find them at FTFPodNet on Twitter. You can find me at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. Not only are we one of the podcasts on this great network, but there's a ton of other podcasts with a ton of other fantasy content, including... The likes of Jim Day of FF Champs, Adam Ronis and Dr. Roto from Sirius XM Radio, Bob Lung of the award-winning Fantasy Football Consistency Guide, the IDT Tipster, Dwayne McFarlane, Blake Sullivan, and a ton of other great podcasts, and you can find all of them on FullTimeFantasy.com. Go there, your one-stop shop for all of your fantasy news and advice. So, for today's podcast, guys, I'll be riding solo today. It's just me. My plan for these Wednesday episodes will be to talk mainly college football. I I used to do those on Saturdays last year. You guys would hear me. I'd give my initial reactions late Saturday night, throw the podcast out there. You guys could hear what I thought about that week's games and the weeks coming up. Going to do it on Wednesdays now. At least that's the plan. I might do it every other week as I do obviously have a lot uh, going on for those of you who do know me, and then obviously everything going on with the podcast. So my plan, though, is to try and do it at least every Wednesday, every other at the worst. For today's podcast, we'll be focusing on everything that happened in week one, and I will preview week two. I will talk about the Debbie prospects I like and the Dynasty prospects. I will focus mostly on the Dynasty prospects, as I know most of you that listen to this are Dynasty fans. And so you're trying to look and watch the guys that you'll be drafting in the 2020 draft, which is loaded, by the way. So that's my goal. That's what I will likely focus on for the most part. And then at the end of every Wednesday episode, I will give you guys my Thursday night preview. We'll talk about the game coming up Thursday night. Obviously, today being the first, or not today, sorry, tomorrow being the first game of the season. Cannot wait. It is going to be awesome. We're waiting all year for this. So that will, that will be the end of the podcast. However, I would be remiss if I didn't address the news that broke later today. So, before we jump into talking about week one of college football, let's talk some breaking news. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. All right. Zeke got paid. Got the bag, guys. He got a huge contract and a six-year extension that cannot be forgotten here. It was not an eight-year contract or six-year contract. It was a six-year extension. So now they own him for the next eight years. They will have him through the 2026 season until he is age 30. It is a big deal. It is $90 million contract, guys. It is over $50 million guaranteed, making him the highest paid running back in the league for now. Uh, I think it's a great move by the Cowboys. So as many of you know, I live here in, in Fort Worth, right not really right next to Dallas, but within shot of Dallas. 
Uh, and I know a lot of Cowboys fans. Some have been happy about it. Some have been torn about it. My thoughts on the whole contract with Zeke is it's a great move for the Cowboys. Yes, are they paying a lot of money for him right now? Absolutely. But as I've told other people, you have Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, and eventually Saquon Barkley all coming up in contracts in the next couple years. When those happen, had they waited to get Zeke, it might be more. You know, we could have been looking at possibly Christian McCaffrey getting this contract. I don't think Alvin Kamara gets quite this big, but I could see Christian McCaffrey getting this big a contract, especially as big of a uh, focal point of that offense that he is for Carolina. So Zeke might have gotten even more had he played out his contract. I get the side of it with people saying, well, he was under contract. He should have dealt with it and played out his contract. But, man, at the running back position, you are used and abused and then thrown to the wayside a lot quicker than any other position. You do not really get a chance for that big payday. Zeke took advantage of it, and, and the Cowboys blinked. I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing, but they definitely blinked and paid uh, paid Zeke. I almost said Dak. Uh, they did pay Zeke, so good for him. Where we stand right now is that Dak does not have a contract. Now, that is... Interesting for me. You guys know, anybody who's listened to the podcast for a while knows that I don't think Dak is worth top quarterback money. Is he a top 15 quarterback? Absolutely. Is he top 10? I don't think so. You might be able to argue it. He does do a good job of winning. And the Cowboys are definitely a better team with him at quarterback. But Jared Goff just got paid a shit ton of money. $130 million, 110 of it guaranteed. That now puts the ball in Dak and the Cowboys court. Dak is next up on that list. And, and the ongoing saying here with quarterbacks the past couple years is next up is going to be the highest paid. So Jared Goff got just a little bit more than Carson Wentz. For those of you who don't know, he has the same agent as Carson Wentz. So a lot of the talk was they wanted to get him a very similar deal. They didn't want to have him show up Carson Wentz. Both have been, well, Carson Wentz has not technically been to the Super Bowl, though he would have likely have gone had he stayed healthy his MVP year when he got hurt. Uh, so, But Jared Goff has been lost in the Super Bowl. Dak has not gotten that far. I'm really interested to see where this goes with Dak. Uh, obviously what the Cowboys do, but just to just to remind everybody or talk about it one more time before we get into the college football, Zeke getting paid, great thing, will be out there for week one, he practiced Wednesday, we'll see how big of a workload he gets, I know a lot of people have talked about, obviously when you hold out uh, and don't come back and, and you miss workouts and, and training camp, and I wouldn't say necessarily preseason, we've seen a lot of players not play in preseason, but missing training camps, you have a higher chance of getting that soft tissue injury, so if you're someone who has um, Tony Pollard, hold on to him. I would not release him just yet. I know Zeke's coming back. We'll see what the workload looks like for both of those guys in week one. I still think Tony Pollard likely gets the bigger workload, at least in week one, and then we'll see where that goes moving forward. For Jared Goff, I don't think this changes much for him. It just ties him to Sean McVay for the next four years, which I think is a great thing for them. They signed Sean McVay last year. I think it was this offseason, actually, for a five-year contract. So those two locked up for the long time for the Rams. Rams and Cowboys, I think, securing their futures and doing a very good job of making themselves Super Bowl contenders moving forward. And I truly mean that, as much as I hate to admit it, as not how I want to say a Cowboy hater, but someone who does get semi-annoyed with the Cowboy fan base that I deal with all the time. Uh, I definitely think that with the moves they're making, if they're able to secure up Dak Prescott here at some point in time this year or in the offseason next year, they will continue to be a Super Bowl contender for the near future.
the field. Intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25. And Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State national champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown, touchdown Alabama, Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama, and the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain, their fifth national championship in nine years, their 17th overall. Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks to the end zone. Hunter and Bell caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro, and Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill. Just in front of his end zone, has a man out there, it is Ranger, and he's off to the races, nobody will catch him! <laughs> 93 yards for the freshman! He made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry, he'll add to that! Goodbye, touchdown Ohio State. From 52 yards. Okay, well, you guys just heard that right there. That is going to be my college football intro. You'll hear that every single week when it's time to talk about college football, and that's where we're at today. So we saw week one come and go. Not really any surprises. However, we had a bunch of bad games. One really good game in Auburn, Oregon that happened Saturday night. But that will be one of the last games we touch on. But man, was that a, a great game and unfortunately a bad one for someone like me who who is a, I don't want to say a huge Oregon Ducks fan, but I am a fan of Justin Herbert and, and Oregon as a team in whole. For the most part, I am going to focus on uh, the top 25 games or, or some of the best games uh, that were played just because I really, I, I can't get into every single game. Uh, that has been played every single week. So that's just kind of where I'm going to to go with that. There is one game I want to touch on, though, uh, before we get to the top 25. And that was a game that happened uh, in the Big 12. Uh, I mean, not necessarily in the Big 12, but one of the teams was a Big 12 team in Oklahoma State. Uh, they played Oregon State, the Beavers. Now, I watched the game. Obviously not a great game altogether. Oregon, uh, Oklahoma State put a 52-burger there on, on Oregon State, 52-36. to 36. However, I was watching this game for some Debbie prospects. These are guys I'm going to talk about. So for starters, Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma State, a guy who could come out this year. Five catches for 92 yards and two touchdowns. He looked very good. Not a guy that I'm huge on. He's still outside my top 12, but that was a really good game for him uh, and, and, and jumping up. The other guy on Oklahoma State... Chuba Hubbard, holy shnikes, ladies and gentlemen, 26 carries, 
for 221 yards and three touchdowns. This dude is ridiculous. So, you may be thinking, well, why didn't I hear much about Chuba Hubbard last year? That's because he was behind Justice Hill. Justice Hill is gone. This is going to be Chuba Hubbard's offense. If you like Justice Hill last year coming into the draft, Chuba Hubbard is even better. He's a better runner and a better catcher. So Chuba Hubbard needs to be on your radar. I understand most of you probably are not going to be watching Oklahoma State games, but if you get a chance to sit down and watch this kid do it, because he is a phenomenal running back and a guy who is quickly jumping up my boards, and I'm not even going to lie, he was not someone that I was big on really coming into the year. I only learned of him because of my guy, Ray Garvin. You can find him at RayGQ on Twitter. Uh, I had him on for the college preview show. He, he's phenomenal at this stuff. He was one who's been hyping up Chuba Hubbard for a long time. I started looking into him, and he is not wrong on his assessments of this kid. The other char uh, other character, my gosh, we're not playing a Madden game here, Matt. The other football player that I wanted to touch on is a guy that I've been big on since last year. He finished third in rushing in, in uh, college football last year, and that's Jamar Jefferson of Oregon State. So again, he's not a guy that you're going to hear a lot of, but I thought had a phenomenal game last week. Just 87 yards on 16 carries, so a 5.4 average. He did much better than that last year. I do think the biggest, my biggest question with him is how well he's going to do this year because he was by far the focal point last year and the best player on that team last year. Now you have teams kind of locking in on him and seeing what he can do. He's got two guys that he's competing with here uh, in B.J. Baylor, who is a, a sophomore. I'm sorry, he's a freshman last year who's getting a lot of talk, a 5'11 kid who's pretty good, and then a uh, Artavius Pierce. Uh, he is a senior. He got injured last year, which allowed Jamar Jefferson to kind of take the role and run with it. All three of those guys are going to be splitting the backfield, but Jamar Jefferson, I think, is just way too talented. Uh, he will keep those two at bay for the most part, in my opinion, and I think that he is uh, definitely going to to ball out this year. I really think he's going to continue to be amazing like he was last year. Again, not, not a great game for him, but definitely got to watch. Now, he cannot come out till the 2021 draft, but he is likely going to be one of the best prospects in that 2021 draft, in my opinion. So let's jump in and start talking about some of the top 25 games we saw last week. Um, you know, it... I'm not going to jump too much into some of them. Florida, obviously everybody saw that was the week zero game. They won 24 to 20. UCF, who is currently ranked 17, 62 to nothing over Florida uh, A&M. Again, a lot of these teams were playing teams they should easily beat. It's kind of their preseason game since college football does not get preseason games. Not a lot of guys I'm looking at through here. Obviously, Brandon Wimbush transferred from Notre Dame after Ian Book took over that job. He had himself a pretty good game. Next up on my list is number one Clemson against Georgia Tech. Clemson destroyed Georgia Tech 52-14. to Trevor Lawrence looked iffy in this game, I won't lie, but I'm not worried about it. Trevor Lawrence is still the best quarterback in the in college football right now, but 13 of 23 for 168 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Still not worried about him at all. What I did want to focus on was some of the, of the Clemson players. So Clemson had... Travis Etienne was phenomenal in this game. If you guys did not watch it, I know it was on the ACC Network, so it was kind of hard for a lot of people to watch. 12 carries for 205 yards, three touchdowns. Dude was amazing. Now, again, he's dropped a little bit for some people on their boards because he is already he openly came out in the preseason and said that he does not feel comfortable catching the ball. I personally, and it's something we, me and Ray talked about on the college preview episode, I'm not necessarily that worried about it. 
because he's such a good runner of the football. If he was not very good at running the ball as well, I'd probably be more worried than I am. But dude is phenomenal. Uh, I think he's at least a top three back if you want to push Jonathan Taylor ahead of him, which I do technically have Taylor ahead of him now. That's okay. But he's still a top three back right now in the league. A 90-yard uh, rush was his biggest one. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, the guy that can come out this year wide receiver-wise, T. Higgins, four receptions for 98 yards and the, and a touchdown. One of, one of the only ones that he got there, or Trevor Lawrence's only one. We didn't see much from Justin Ross. He was the phenomenal freshman last year, really stepped up in that national championship game against Alabama. Uh, just three catches for 13 yards here. Not worried about him, though, one bit. He will be fine. Uh, just kind of a bad game all around. And I just want to say, I think it really is just Clemson trying to warm up and, and get ready for it again. They had a phenomenal year last year. Everybody's going to give them their best. Uh, so just something to, to get ready, like a little preseason game. They're not going to look perfect. Um, next game that happened on Thursday was Texas A&M against Texas State. Uh, for me, really not much to talk about on Texas A&M side here. Uh, not a lot of guys that I'm really looking at for Debbie or Fantasy, but they did win 41-7, and they have a really good game coming up next week, which we will talk about here in a little bit. Utah, the Utah Utes, a team that a lot of people are picking to win the Pac-12, destroyed BYU 30-12. to uh, Not a great game for Utah, though, but that defense was looking really good. That offense needs to take a couple steps forward if they really want to try and compete for that Pac-12 title. On Friday, we had two games, two uh, two teams in the top 25. Michigan State, 28-7 uh, over Tulsa. And then Wisconsin over USF, 49 to nothing. And obviously, Jonathan Taylor is the guy here. Again, number two running back for me right now. Debbie Dynasty Watch here behind DeAndre Swift of Georgia. 16 carries for 135 yards and two touchdowns. Did get two receptions as well for 48 yards and two touchdowns. This is a big deal. Much like Melvin Gordon, he is getting a lot of talk and a lot of scrutiny that he cannot catch the ball out of the backfield. He's not a good receiver. Now, again, we saw Melvin Gordon, when he got into the NFL, was able to do it. So we'll see if if Jonathan Taylor is able to do it as well. He gets a lot of uh, talk about the fact that his offensive line is amazing and that he is, is kind of a product of that, a byproduct of that. I don't believe that. If you really go and look at his tape, yes. Did the offensive line open up great holes for him? Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. But what he does after he gets through those holes is what makes him a great runner. He is phenomenal in the open field, extremely hard to bring down. He can be powerful. He can be elusive. And again, it would be great to see him continue to improve on the receiving game because that will really jump up his stock, though I don't think he'll be able to get ahead of DeAndre Swift, at least not for me. There's really not much I can see out of him that's going to put him ahead of DeAndre Smith. Saturday's games, obviously the Ohio State University against FAU, 145-21. J.K. Dobbins had a decent game. I would have liked to see more out of him, but 21 carries for 91 yards, 4.3 average, and a touchdown. Again, uh, a really decent game for him, but this kind of goes back to something me and Ray talked about, and that he's good at everything, not great at anything. So he just continued to show that he's a really good running back prospect, but not a great running back prospect. I'd like to see him continue to improve on that this year. Master Teague, I just want to touch on him for if you're a Debbie player. 
Dude looked good. Freshman, 5'11", 220 pounds, running back. Only got eight carries, 49 yards, 6.1 yards per average. Again, he's not going to get much work, likely with Dobbins out there. Ryan Day has really kind of come out and said that uh, that Dobbins is going to be the guy. He's going to be the workhorse workhorse for them. So as long as he stays healthy, I imagine he's going to get a ton of work. But Master Teague, a guy to watch for the future. Uh, and, And Justin Fields as well. Fields came out and looked good. So 234 for four touchdowns, 8 of 25, a 96 QBR uh, and obviously had the first touchdown of the game, a 51-yard touchdown run. He also added uh, 12 carries for 61, which is obviously not great. And the other 11 carries only got 10 yards. Uh, but just blew everybody away with that first touchdown run. I liked it. I liked how Ohio State came out and tried to hit FAU in the mouth. We saw a lot of teams play a little conservative. And again, I do understand that with it being preseason. So I understand teams not wanting to come out and be bold and take huge shots. But Ohio State definitely did, and, and I did like that about them. I did love the, the run there by Fields. Uh, there are a couple wide receivers I like here, K.J. Hill being one of him. Didn't do much in this game, though, just three catches for 21 yards. He's he's a guy that I really need to see step up. Uh, he's probably their best wide receiver and a guy who's going to be looked at uh, very highly in NFL drafts uh, this next season. Uh, but again, he, he did not show much in this game. Better days to come for him, though, I'm sure. Next up, we had Iowa State at Northern Iowa. Not many players on Iowa State to talk about, but they did win in triple overtime, 29-26. to Nebraska, uh, a darling pick to win the Big Ten West. Uh, an interesting team for sure as well. 35-21 over South Alabama. Defense played a big role in there. Three turnovers, uh, one I believe returned for a, a touchdown. Offense looked a little bit skittish, though. Washington versus Eastern Washington. Washington, the 13th ranked team, going to jump up with their win and definitely looking for a possible Pac-12 championship win now as well. With Oregon going down with a loss, if they can continue to go undefeated, they should look and possibly have a chance to be in the playoffs. Good team as well. Jacob Eason, a guy who was run out of Georgia uh, by Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm ran Justin Fields from Ohio State out, and uh, Jacob Eason here returned back to Washington where he is from. 27-36 for 349 yards and four touchdowns. A really good game for him. Uh, not really anybody wide receiver wise that I'm. Uh, there's a couple guys that I like. Not anybody that I'm really big on right now. Richard Newton uh, was their best wide receiver on the day. He was a freshman. You have Salavin Ahmed, who is a junior, who could possibly come out next year, but not a guy I'm really looking at. Jacob Eason is the guy here uh, and had a really good game. And I'm, I'm really liking where he's going. He's a guy we talked about. Could really boost his stock up and, and kind of come in behind Herbert and Tua and Fromm, possibly even pass Fromm. And I'll get to him in a little bit on how disappointed I kind of was in his game. Uh, but pass him as that third quarterback in this class. Next up, we had Alabama against Duke. Alabama 42-3. to Again, not a great game for Tua. They started off a little slow, struggled a little bit, but then obviously Tua being Tua turned it on. 26-31, 336 yards and four touchdowns. Najee Harris disappointed a little bit. He's a running back that will, for you dynasty owners, be in this class this year. Uh, it will be interesting to see how his season goes. He's a little bit further down my board personally. Uh, but 52 yards on 12 carries. Jerry Judy phenomenal once again 137 yards on 10 catches and a touchdown a really nice touchdown actually you had Jalen Waddle uh played here as well sophomore so he can't come out this year but possibly a guy who could be even better than Jerry Judy will be able to come out 2021 five catches for 90 yards Devonta Smith I'm sorry 
Devon, yeah, Devonta Smith. I, I don't know why I thought his name was Devonte. Devonta Smith. He's a junior. Could come out as well. A guy who gets really overlooked in this in this wide receiver core is he's likely the four guy. Fifty four yards on five catches and a touchdown. And of course Henry Ruggs. I just did a, a little write up on him for for my article on top ten wide receivers. If you it'll be coming out soon on Dynasty Debbie Nerds. Dynasty Devi Nerds, my goodness, guys, I can't talk today. DynastyNerds.com, uh, a Devi article, though. I'm really liking Rugs. He, he's really jumping up my board here. Uh, uh, so he had a pretty good game, not a good game, I'm sorry, 14 yards on two receptions, but this dude has got phenomenal speed, will blow people away. Again, slow game. We're not going to read too much into these games. Penn State, 79-7 to over Iowa. Jeez, that's just ridiculous. Stanford, so this one kind of sucked. K.J. Costello got knocked out of the game. He's another quarterback that I'm, I'm high on. I think he has a chance to be a good uh, a good prospect possibly for uh, for Stanford. Not for Stanford. He's obviously a good prospect for Stanford, guys. I'm just I'm all over the place. A good prospect for the NFL. A guy, One of those other guys who could jump up right up there with Fromm and Eason. Uh, 16 for 20, 152 yards and touchdown. Getting not get my goodness, I'm mouth vomit, guys. Mouth vomit did get knocked out in this game. Uh, was sliding. A guy came in, kind of hit him with the forearm, knocked him out. So he he was out for this game, but should be fine next week. Syracuse won their game 24 to nothing. Georgia. So here we go with Georgia. Georgia won 30 to six over Vanderbilt. So we'll start on the Vanderbilt side first since they lost. Keyshawn Vaughn is a guy who's getting a lot of talk as a running back here. 15 carries, 74 yards, a 4.9 average. He is a senior, a little bit of a later breakout age, but a guy who could really improve his stock with another good season this year. And a guy a lot of people are looking at uh, in dynasty leagues as a guy who could be so, uh, a running back you could pick up in like the second or third round and, and be good for you in the NFL. DeAndre Swift, a uh, baller, once again, not really much to talk about with him, continues to su- cement his spot as the number one running back in, in college football and dynasty leagues, or at least for the 2020 drafts. 147 yards, 16 carries, 9.2 average. Jake Fromm, though, 15-23, 156 yards for one touchdown. Talked about this in my QB article. He plays the game very safe. Now, there is nothing wrong with that. But I want a guy who's not going to be afraid to sling it a little bit. And we saw a little bit of that safe play again from him this week. And and, and I did not like it, especially against a Vanderbilt team they should have really rolled on. LSU beats Georgia Southern 55-3. Michigan wins 40-21 over Middle Tennessee. We're going to save the Oregon-Auburn game for last. So then we had Iowa 38-14 over Miami of Ohio. Iowa ranked 20. Again, a guy I really like at Iowa, Nate Stanley, quarterback, 21-30, 252 yards for three touchdowns and 82.8 QBR. Love me some Nate Stanley. And I mean, love me some Nate Stanley. Sorry, guys, I got a little excited there when I yelled love. Uh, I really like Nate Stanley. I think he's a phenomenal quarterback, a guy that you can watch. Uh, and I think, again, another guy who's going to be right up there is possibly the third guy drafted. I don't think any of these guys are going to jump from just because it seems like the NFL really loves from and, and what he could do. Uh, but I think Stanley is a, is a guy with a bunch of these. Eason, we just talked about, obviously. Uh, my goodness, I forgot. Who else? I was talking KJ Costello. All these guys are right there on the verge of being like that next tier, probably late day one or early day two picks, especially if they continue to uh, to play well this year. 
All right, just a couple more games to wrap up the the end here of week one. So let's go ahead and start back up. Sorry, I was coughing and I muted myself there, so I wasn't. Re- I, I don't like to go back and edit that stuff out. So I was trying to make sure that I picked up fairly well here. So Texas beat uh, Louisiana Tech forty-five to fourteen. A couple prospects I like here, obviously Texas side. Colin Johnson, huge fan of Colin Johnson. You guys know I've been talking about him a ton. Talked about him there with uh, with Ray Garvin on the college preview episode. 59, ca- 59 yards for four catches. Yeah, 59 catches, guys. So here we go. Rockstar. 59 yards for four ca- on four catches with a touchdown. Two of his catches, phenomenal range. And that's exactly what I love about Colin Johnson. Wingspan, ridiculous. Sam Ellinger had a pretty good game here as well. 28 at 38, 276 yards and four touchdowns. Now, Keontae Ingram, running back, is a guy that I really like here. He's a sophomore, so you won't get him till the 2021 season. Same draft as Jamar Jefferson. But 78 yards on 11 carries and a touchdown also added three catches for 43 yards. So a guy you need to watch, especially for that 2021 draft. Next up, we got Washington State and Mike Leach beat New Mexico State 58-7. Last two games before we jump to the big one. Oklahoma over Houston, 49-31. Jalen Hurts looked good. I mean, when I say looked good, looked fucking amazing. So, 20-23, 332 yards and three touchdowns, added 176 yards rushing on 16 carries and three touchdowns. He added, I mean, totaled uh, over six touchdowns, or not over, sorry, guys, six touchdowns altogether. It was ridiculous. Had a great game. Definitely a good coming out party for him. C.D. Lamb, the guy to watch on this receiving core. Two catches for 46 yards and a touchdown. Again, he's a guy who's going to be, uh, I think, right there with Jerry Judy is one of the best. And then uh, Derek King of Houston. He's a guy that I really like. I talked about him just being outside my top 10 uh, quarterbacks here. A guy to definitely watch. I don't know if he'll really jump on the NFL radar, but he's a really good college quarterback. I'd like to see what happens with him. 14-27, uh, 167 yards and two touchdowns. Last but not least, we saw on Monday night, not necessarily a great game all around, but Notre Dame beating Louisville 35-17. Uh, Ian Book, 14-23, 193 yards and a touchdown, added 81 yards and a touchdown rushing. Uh, interesting guy. I'm higher on him than some, but I'm not sure he'll ever be really a starting quarterback. Uh, and then you have, obviously, Claypool here, uh, Chase Claypool of Notre Dame. Their wide receiver is by far uh, the best guy and possibly a guy who could jump up as one of the top wide receivers in the class, 94 yards on five catches. Interesting for me, running back-wise, Tony Jones Jr. So he he is a junior as well. Actually had a pretty good game. A lot of us were kind of trying to figure out who would step up in Dexter Williams' spot. He did a good job doing that with 110 yards on 15 carries and a touchdown. So, with all that being said, there's one more game I want to jump into, and not necessarily jump into, but I do want to talk about really quick, and that is Utah. Tuh, Utah. No, I'm an idiot. Nevada. So they have a quarterback that I really like, and that is Jordan Love, who actually does play for Utah State. I don't know why I thought Nevada there. I'm really an idiot, guys. It's been a long day for me. All right, so 33 of 48, three touchdowns and three interceptions. I really like Love, though. Obviously not a great game. They really should have won the game against Wake Forest. Wake Forest ended up coming back and beating them. But I like Love as an NFL prospect. These guys not getting a lot of love. <laughs> get it? But I do think he's a, he's a guy to watch. He, he won't get a lot of talk right now, but definitely worth watching. And, and a guy that I really like this year to possibly jump up and, and make some noise when it comes to the NFL uh, and their process. So lastly, let's let let's talk about the Oregon Auburn game. Obviously, 
Not the way I wanted it to go. Uh, as I talked about on the preview show with Mr. Ray Garvin, I had Oregon winning the Pac-12 and making it into the playoffs if Texas did not go undefeated. That's likely not going to happen anymore as they lose 21-27. to On Oregon's side, Herbert, 28 for 37, 242 and a touchdown. I thought looked really good most of the game. Really struggled, though, in the second half. And they really kind of dialed up the pressure on him. That is one of the things that he has really gotten a knock on through his career is suffering uh, a little bit when there's a lot of pressure coming at him and him kind of panicking and throwing the ball away. I mean, just look at the the hell Mary pass at the end of the at the end of the game. He threw it out of the end zone. Didn't even give his guys a chance for it. Uh, obviously, not a lot of players on Oregon did much. You had C.J. Vertle, who's a sophomore uh, running back, 76 yards on 14 carries with the touchdown. Uh, and then you also had, uh, for the wide receiver group, Johnny Johnson the third, a junior, uh, 98 yards on seven catches. So both of those guys were really the only other standouts for Oregon. Auburn side, Bo Nixon obviously stepped up big as a true freshman. He came in there, and, and, and I mean, he won the game. He did not look good at all most of the game. 13-31, 177 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. But he made the big plays when it mattered and got them a win, and I think that does mean a lot for him. Still, in my opinion, has a lot to improve on, but obviously looked really good in beating them there at the end of the game and going for it. Uh, Jatavius Whitlow, the sophomore running back for Auburn, 110 yards on 24 carries. So again, disappointing if you're an Oregon fan or someone who had the Ducks going pretty far like I did, uh, but all in all was likely, or not even likely, was the best game of the weekend. All right, let's do it. Let's go ahead and jump into week two. We eating all day, bro. I'm hitting you every time. Every time you come as well, I'm gonna hit you. I'm not gonna be able to do that. You don't want no problems, bro. You are my boy. I'm a man. It's about to get ugly. I want to score. Yeah. You don't want to talk so much. It's time to do now. Not just a good old fashioned rear end whipping. Get a house, baby. I'm in a league of my own. They ain't messing with me. Are you tired? Are you tired? Let's go. So the first game we have here in Week 2 is on Friday, Boise State against Marshall. Again, not many people I'm looking at for Boise State-wise, so we're going to skip right over that game. <coughs> Excuse me. I feel like I'm dying over here. On Saturday, Ohio State at Cincinnati. So again, J.K. Dobbins, K.J. Hill are the guys we're watching. Ohio State has a 75% chance of winning that game. Uh, I really want to see more of Dobbins, obviously. Fields, I think, is going to be a phenomenal quarterback, but there ain't no way he's jumping Trevor Lawrence in that 2021 draft. Uh, but definitely a guy worth watching. I do think he has a chance to be a good NFL quarterback as well. You got Michigan at Army. We'll see what Michigan can do. A little Struggles a little bit in that first game, but I think they will continue to turn it around. I'm a little worried about Michigan this year as an Ohio State fan, uh, but do think Michigan's got a good team. Next up, we got Iowa at Rutgers. Iowa giving the 90% chance to win again. Nate Stanley. Nate Stanley is a guy we need to watch here. Really good quarterback. You also have McKee Sargent, who is a running back. Uh, did have a pretty good game last week. 65 yards on four receptions, 91 yards on 14 carries, and a touchdown. So maybe someone to watch, but not a guy I'm overly interested in, at least right now. Still fairly early, though. Syracuse at Maryland. Uh, they fin they, they're 21. You've got Utah, number 13 at Northern Illinois. They should easily win that game. 95% chance of winning that Here's the big one Saturday afternoon, the one of the first early, not early morning, early afternoon slates. 
Clemson, number one, at Texas A&M, number 12. So Clemson is being given the 87% chance to win it. However, Texas A&M has got a really good defense and gave Clemson fits last year. Now, again, Trevor Lawrence was not starting at this point. They were still rolling out Kelly Bryant. This was before Trevor Lawrence got named the starter. But I do think that they might have a chance to upset Clemson here. That probably won't happen, but definitely a game worth watching. We've had Texas A&M linemen coming out saying that they're guaranteeing wins here uh, against Clemson. I'm not quite sure about that, but definitely a good game. Uh, One that I will hopefully be watching in Vegas this weekend. Uh, I'm really excited about that one. There's a couple good games on the docket this weekend. You got 17, number 17, Wisconsin at Central Michigan. They're 97% chance of winning it. I'm not worried about that. Nebraska at Colorado. Interesting game here. So Nebraska, the ranked number 25. Colorado unranked. However, Colorado being given the 51% chance to win it. And I would not be surprised if they don't upset Nebraska here. For Nebraska, we didn't talk about it earlier. Adrian Martinez. He's a guy that I really like. A guy who is in right up there with the Heisman odds. He's a sophomore, so he can't come out till 2021. Uh, was just 13 to 22 for 178 yards in the game last week. But Colorado, if you guys are going to watch this game, they've got a phenomenal wide receiver in LaVisca Chenault. He is, um, how, how's the, how do I want to word this? He's just a, uh, he's used everywhere. He, he's an all around weapon for Colorado. They put him pretty, I mean, I would say everywhere. They played him at running back, play him at quarterback, play him at wide receiver. His biggest knock really is that he he struggled to stay healthy throughout his NFL career. My goodness, his college career so far, but three catches for 35, I'm sorry, three carries for 35 yards last week, and then uh, 48 yards on three catches with a touchdown. So definitely a guy worth watching. He is going to be a top wide receiver prospect in this year's draft. Alabama at New Mexico State should be no issues there. Georgia at Murray State, same thing. Just want to see Jake Fromm can produce a little bit more and how good DeAndre Swift continues to look. Number 22, Washington State against North Colorado, no issues there. Oklahoma at South Dakota, see if Jalen Hurts can continue to be on a roll like he was last week. Uh, UCF, number 18 at FAU, I don't see any issues there. We're going to save the late game Saturday night, or one of the late games Saturday night for the end. The one that will be probably on ESPN or ABC everywhere. Going to be a great game. Number 10, Auburn at Tulane. So we talked about it there at the end. Uh, They had a huge win, obviously, against Oregon, and and, uh, Justin Herbert a little disappointed. Bo Nix really stepped up, though. Did not have an overall great game, as I talked about, but still looked good. Uh, and and obviously led them to victory. 92% chance of winning this game. Uh, let's see if they can continue to get on a roll and do what they did against uh, against Oregon. You got number 11, Florida at UT Martin. They should win that game. Number 15, Penn State at Buffalo. Oregon going up against Nevada. Uh, they've already dropped down to, to number um, 16 now, so we'll see if, if that will change any at all. Uh, again, uh, disappointed, obviously. I really wanted Oregon to win the Pac-12 and possibly make a a, uh, a run for a national championship this year. Uh, finishing out the last couple games, number 19 was Michigan State at Western Michigan. Should be fine there. Washington, number 14 at Cal. Easy game. Stanford at USC. So, 
USC is being predicted to win the 61%. Interested to see. Obviously, JT Daniels went down, has a torn ACL in his game. Uh, bad news for him. Not a lot of guys on, on TCU I'm obviously looking at. Obviously, you got Amon St. Ra, but he can't come out for another couple years. The, the brother of Equinemius St. Brown, uh, a really good, phenomenal player. Uh, but not anybody really worth watching for this year. But that should definitely be a good game. So the big game of the weekend. Number six, LSU in Austin against number nine, Texas. LSU being given the 80% chance to win this game. I think it's a lot closer than that. Texas has got a good team. They've really been getting better over the past couple years. You know, everybody down here keeps saying Texas is back. This is their chance to prove it. Obviously had a pretty good win last week, but this is going to be the big test right here. If they can get past LSU, I don't see anybody else challenging them this year until they play Oklahoma. LSU, great defense. They've gotten an improved play from uh, from Joe Burrow, who's a transfer out from Ohio State. Uh, when JT and uh, when yeah, when uh, Justin Fields got up there, uh, actually even before that, uh, when Dwayne Haskins won the job, Joe Burrow transferred out last year. Uh, so he's he's there. Looked good last week. Two seventy eight, uh, 23, 27, five touchdowns. And again, phenomenal defense. This is going to be the game of the week. Can Texas step up and win this game? I think so. We eating all day, bro. I'm hitting you every time. Every time you come as well, I'm going to hit you. I'm not going to be able to do that. You just heard it. The NFL game preview drops. So let's get into it. Thursday night football. We are back, baby. We are finally back. The NFL is here. I cannot wait for this game tomorrow night. Everybody's getting ready, setting their lineups. It's that great feeling. We're like, oh, should I start him? Should I start him? Oh, my God, what's going on? Phenomenal. Always love having those issues, and it's finally back. So we got the Green Bay Packers at the Chicago Bears. Longest-running NFL rivalry. 100 years of the NFL Let's jump into it. The Chicago Bears being given the 64% chance to win this game. I don't know what to think, guys. I really don't. So I, I talked about this on the podcast the other day with Matt Fox. The Green Bay Packers uh, have a new head coach, obviously, Matt LaFleur. I know this is a crazy stat, and it really has nothing to apply to the current Green Bay Packers team, but no first-year head coach of the Packers has ever won their first game against the Chicago Bears since... Dan Devine, with a little divine intervention, <laughs> get it, uh, since 1971. That can't be a coincidence. They've had, obviously, many a head coaches since then. So they have not been able to beat the Bears, but I think it's going to happen. I believe in Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers, obviously, is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's had that chip on his shoulder all offseason. Obviously, played all last year hurt in this same game. They opened up the season with this game last year. Rodgers gets hurt, gets the partial torn MCL. Plays the entire year, doesn't look quite like himself. 
I think he's going to be back with a vengeance in this game. I think the Bears' defense is going to be solid again. I'm not expecting a high-scoring game here. I think it's going to be much like last year, probably a 24-21 game. I do think Aaron Rodgers has himself a good game, not a great game. I think he finishes top 10, but he's not going to be one of those top five quarterbacks this week. Devontae Adams must start. You've got to get him in your lineups. Just because Aaron Rodgers does not have a great game doesn't mean he can't. I think uh, Adams is going to be fine. Aaron Jones, I think, is going to have a okay game here. I think he does get you a touchdown, which will save your day, but I don't imagine he gets a lot of rushing yards. Again, that Bears defense was one of the best against the run last year. I think that continues this year. On the Chicago Bears side, Mitch Trubisky, I think, is going to be okay, not great. I think he probably finishes around the 15 range this week. I'm not trusting anybody really on this team. Obviously, if you have Allen Robinson, you've got to start him. I'm not starting Anthony Miller. I, I could be wrong on him, but he's just someone I'm not, I'm not feeling this week. I don't think he's going to have a huge game here against the Green Bay Packers defense. That secondary, a lot better than people think. I think David Montgomery and I actually have a fairly good game here. Again, rookie, kind of his coming out party as well here for the Bears you uh, will obviously see him splitting some time with Tariq Cohen, but if I had to choose one of those one of those two to start, I'm starting David Montgomery. I think he's going to get you a touchdown, uh, and he's going to show out a little bit and, and show everybody why we all thought he was so good uh, coming into this process. Trey Burton right now is um, yeah, I can't. It hasn't said if he's going to sit out or not. I would imagine he's likely going to play, but still dealing with the groin issue. I would not start him unless you're in a tight end premium league. Um, he's, he's officially questionable. So if you're a tight end premium and you need him, play him. Otherwise, I would try and avoid playing him. And again, I'm picking the Packers to win this game. Picking the upset, baby. Starting off the season on the right foot. So that'll do it for today's podcast, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. If you guys have time, please rate, review, and subscribe. It would mean a ton to us and look forward to uh look forward to us being in vegas here soon again uh, i keep talking about it and just a couple sleeps away now at this point dennis will be heading out there tomorrow uh and then i'll be out there friday so really looking forward to it again look for me on twitter i'll be doing some twitter live stuff from the draft rooms and everything just kind of showing you guys what it's all about and then obviously i'll be back tomorrow with matt fox we'll be doing a i'll get his uh his thoughts on the thursday night football game uh we'll do some of the breaking news stuff i'll get his opinions on obviously the zeke news and everything Uh, And then we'll get some Fantasy Movie League stuff from him as well. So, guys, thank you so much again for listening. And I look forward to talking to you guys again tomorrow. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Only tackle him at the 40-yard line. Who can make a play?